Hello and welcome to episode 287 of the Armin Show podcast with me, your host Armin Shervanian. This episode is sponsored by myself. It will be a discussion, a recap of sorts, of three of my past episodes. One with Jeffrey West, one with Mariam Bakir, and one with James Nestor. Those are 274, 268, and 267 on the show. You can check them after this one, but not before. That's the guidelines out here. But after, I'd recommend checking those out. I'm going to recap some of the key points from them, what I took away from them, tangents, as I tend to bring up, that connect but are not exactly from the episode because I always like to find new things that relate with what I talked about before and share them for the listener who is you. I will like to keep things simple because simple can be taken away from you as a message or something to do or maybe it will be informative as to decision-making for yourself in the future. I like to see growth in people. So if any of these pointers can help you grow in some way, well, that's quite handy. And this one's on video because everything should be on video in 2020 and onward. The YouTube of this show is doing great along with the audio forms and other places that content is released. Now first, let's go into the Jeffrey West episode, which was on the book Scale. They talked about scaling laws for organisms, people, humans, and how no matter what size an organism is, it still follows the rules of maybe the number of heartbeats it will have per minute, like an elephant versus a rat. A rat might live just a few years, but have a lot of heartbeats per minute. So then it'll have a total number of heartbeats that's equal to or similar to an elephant, which lives a lot longer, but has a much lower heart rate of beats per minute. So all organisms come out around the same number of beats. Hearts can only take a certain amount of time as far as number of beats before they give up. So Jeffrey West's book connected all organisms using some physics laws that are underneath their biology. When I see points of connection, I always attach to them because we don't see much point of connection, especially let's say when society becomes more unequal, it looks like there's points of disconnection that are extreme. But underneath, the points of connection are vast. For example, the supply chain. As the virus has taken hold of the planet, early on, a lot of the supply chain was thrown off. So foods were coming in late, and some weren't coming, and some other products took two weeks where they would have come in daily. Now, that didn't happen before, but it showcased how important it was that all the logistics of the trucks along the way were working smoothly. If anything broke down, the supply chain broke down, and then you would see empty regions at your store. That's a point of connection. Regardless of where you were, a lot of supply chains broke down 
and then people were battling for certain products. What was left over? The little bits. It wasn't a good experience, but it was a good representation of the difficulty of the moment connected with us and how we are all linked together through the supply chain in that case. The points of connection are vast and it's important that we look for them and don't forget them. We all reside on the same big land masses. We have a few oceans, but other than these land masses, we don't have much else for people to reside on. That's a point of connection. Some of the biochemical processes we have in place, we all breathe a certain amount. Water and its importance. A lot of baseline things that it doesn't matter who someone is, they're following these same criteria. They have the same brain neurotransmitters. So when I see these kinds of links, it's good because it gives us a clearer perspective of who we all are and how we're not that different. Scale connected not just people, obviously, but all kinds of animals, organisms, bacteria, viruses, exponential curves in growth of organisms, even cities. That was the cool part about the book. He took it beyond organisms, and then he was looking at cities and how they grow at the same rates. So New York is basically Los Angeles, which is basically San Francisco, which is basically a city in New Zealand. Based on how they started and then developing from central points. And it was always going to be a certain way. There wasn't much variety in how it was going to come out for each city's growth because there are certain points where land drops to a valley or where there were rivers where water comes in. Most of the big cities on the planet is where water comes in like an inlet and there is the bay in San Francisco or any large cities is where water came into the land and if you look at a map it looks like it interjects into where the land is. And then people build there and then it becomes a thing. I think that's pretty neat because there's not that much variation. These points connect all of us and when things get more unequal, it's worth looking at the things that are equal. And then you're countering the moment, if you will. I was glad to speak with Jeffrey West because I, as I had mentioned, I had taken notes on his books, but I never had him on the show. And so it was nice to talk to him after the fact that I had read his book, taken notes on it. And then to actually speak with the person, you get a little more insight. You get a feel for what drove them. And if you want the full story of that, obviously, episode 274 is the one to check. It has more details. Plus, Jeffrey is on it and brings his form to it. Will he write another book? Could be. This one definitely covered a lot of his life's work. He connected a lot of his past work because scaling laws and growth was a huge part of his early work. 
that he did. It kind of reminds me of Vestlav Smeal's book, Growth, that was recommended by Bill Gates because it talks about the growth of organisms in a similar way. Slightly different. He didn't look as much at scaling laws, but it's in the same category. I did not interview Vaslav Smil, but his book, Growth, packed with information, as some books tend to be. Not all, and the ones that may not be, I'm not as likely to recommend them. That was episode 274. Now to 268. This one fits the moment big time. When I talked with Dr. Mariam Bakir of New York on episode 268, she told me about her experiences back in March, April, May treating COVID patients in New York. Now, that was a peak. Later on in the United States, we had a second peak. And now November, middle of November 2020, we have a third peak that is still going and is making the other two peaks of virus transmission look small in comparison. The numbers are huge, 180,000 new cases a day across the country, 160,000. These are big numbers compared to the 40,000 of before or 50,000 of before. Dr. Dr. Bakir worked with patients when it was the first peak and everybody was scared. That was early on, everybody was frightened. They didn't have an idea of how bad it would be. People were dying left and right in the hospital. The hospital was not ready for this kind of treatment. So that was early and she got to be right there. She was it in a Brooklyn hospital, Maimonides. I don't know if you pronounce it, Maimonides Hospital, over there. She was able to see it firsthand. They had to make up areas to hold patients, extra areas that were not there before because they had to adapt to the moment. They hadn't had a pandemic like this anytime recently. We keep going back to the 1918 flu as the last example of something like this. That's a long time ago. So there are other ones that have been more recent, SARS and MERS, and those were not as bad as this one, especially in the United States. And this one has traveled the whole world and become very large. When I talked with Dr. Bakir, it was great because she gave the whole story, how she was inspired by one of the chiefs of the hospital who had passed away uh, near the end of that peak, how she saw people adapt to make solutions, create new places for patients, and how she adapted along with other doctors and nurses to get people to communicate with their family before they would die. This was on the spot. They didn't have this planned out, whereas before there would be a death every two weeks or a week in the hospital. Now it was multiple times a day they were getting notices of near-death emergencies or death-like emergencies in the hospital. So it was a big shift, and she was right there for that moment and really brought the story of it to life in that episode. I like that part. Stories are very valuable. 
Kobe Bryant said this. Many people have benefited from telling stories. Even TV shows, reality shows, sitcoms. They tell you a story. They make something that you can say, oh, look at that. That thing happened. And they build a message into it if they are marketing oriented. And then that story takes a life of its own. It's very powerful. You are blowing it into the air and then it blows around all over the air and it lands on people and they hear it and they say did you hear about that or did you know that but all that discussion wouldn't have happened if the story didn't start in the first place it is very powerful to have a story created and spread to other people a lot of value in that now that was her story and she shared it and now we have a third wave, but it's not as shocking as that first one. The first one was the big shock factor because the pandemic had just shown up. Now this third time, they have a lot of preparation for responses and what to give the patients or the ventilators and the room placement and what drugs to use, what drugs work, what, which ones don't. Way more experience in November 2020 than they had in April 2020. What a difference. Very sizable difference, if you will. And that makes them way more prepared. If this same peak of right now happened in March, that would be a different story. And that's not, it didn't have to work that way, but it was likely that it would build up over time because people didn't really have the disease in the United States, the virus, in February. It was not really existent early in the year, January, and then quickly spread. I've seen a few graphs of the spread across the United States or Germany or other countries, and it's quiet, it's quiet, and then suddenly transfers here, there, boom, everybody's getting it. Because when it goes, it goes. It's like rain. A little sprinkle, a little sprinkle, and then boom, it pours. And then the healthcare facilities have to respond to that. That's their expertise. And a lot of pressure has been put on them in 2020. And they have risen to the occasion. Pressure is something else. And humans take pressure and they go at it. Now the third episode I want to recap is with James Nestor who talked about breathing in his book Breath. He has gone on to speak with many people and spread his book far and wide. Probably one of the most spread books of this year was his book. And it was so valuable because look at the value of taking a full breath. <sighs> or a rushed one because you're in the middle of an episode. But a full breath can make a big difference. Five or six of those, now you're at peace. I would do those right now, but this isn't a meditation podcast. So if you're looking for that, you're on the wrong one. Though I could meditate in the future on here or guide you through deep breathing, but not today. His episode was very informative. It got a lot of people to think about breathing through their nose, which is way healthier. It is better on your mouth and the growth of it as I spoke about with Dr. Joseph Sarkisian in the episode with him. 
He's a dentist. It affects your mouth and how it grows. Breathing through your nose, very valuable. And some people do it. And if you don't do it, you can work towards it. He made that point clear. And he talked about all the benefits of doing that. Now, some would say, is it too hard to change at some point? And no, was the answer he would bring. At some point, you can put a piece of tape on your mouth, think about it at times, and over time, can switch to breathing through your nose. What a benefit that would be. Nitric oxide is released when you breathe through your nose, so it releases more oxygen than if you breathe through your mouth. It goes through through the filters of your nose, so it's better to use a filter than no filter. And I feel that it gives you a little bit of peace. It activates your parasympathetic nervous system or sympathetic nervous system. Either way, you do feel it. I feel like it brings you a little bit more emotion when you breathe through your nose than when you don't. It's like breathing through your mouth has less passion or life in it. That's my description of that. His book is great. It's bright yellow, and he has done well in spreading it everywhere on popular shows. And his book has been a bestseller for months now because it's a simple concept, but until he tackled it to make that simple concept relatable, it was untouched. Like when Vince Beiser, past guest episode, talked about sand and how people around the world are fighting for sand. That was another example of where a simple thing like sand was talked about. And you could ignore those kinds of things. But there are battles for sand all around the world. And these battles were going unnoticed until he talked about them in his book of stories, The Power of Storytelling. Pretty action-packed. When you tell a story, you make a difference. You get people thinking about a topic that they weren't even thinking about beforehand. And now suddenly they're like, whoa, what's happening with sand? What's happening with breathing? What's happening with doctors dealing with COVID cases? What's happening with organisms? And how connected are we? Until you tell a story, it doesn't get a crowd of people thinking about that topic. Then after you tell a story, crowds and crowds are thinking about the topic. If that's not handy, I don't know what is. I'm not sure what is. Informative, if you will. That's the three episodes I wanted to recap in this one. And as well, I wanted to mention to those of you who are listeners, it's good to, anytime you hear an episode, think about what can I take from this? How does this make me feel about people and our connectedness? Does this tell me more about the response to the pandemic? Why was the pandemic so shocking at first? What were we missing beforehand? How is breathing so important? What can I do to adjust my breathing? Can I share this with other people? Is there people I know that could really benefit from breathing exercises? These are things worth thinking about when you're listening to something or watching a video. What can I do with this information? I know you're seeing this and you say, wow, this guy is very 
he's in a suit and he's telling me things and he's read books and he's spoken with people which is great but what can you take from what i've done are there any habits you can change does this enliven your brain to think more does this make you want to go find a book of your own in a category like science or history does this make you want to start writing things in your to-do list of i I need to do this i'd like to try nose breathing for 10 minutes a day i'd like to try looking at graphs there's a reddit subreddit called data is beautiful that has pictures that showcase how the virus spread in a country in a picture form or how the economy is changing in a country over time and it shows like the the last 10 years for example this is handy the more you have a sense of the earth and places and the numbers we're working with you'll be more at peace and things won't throw you off as much because our brains are something like prediction machines we're always predicting what the future will be like and the better you are at that the more calm you will be because you'll have a better sense of the future obviously some variety thing can happen that will throw things off a bit but aside from that you'll have a better idea of what tomorrow holds that's a bit of a life message there i'll leave it at that simple concept And with that recap, I hope you have enjoyed episode 287 of the show. Check out previous episodes. Let me know if you have any commentary about the show. Comment on the YouTube video of this show if you have a direct question. The audio will be on Spotify and all the other places. You can share it, like it, all those things. Comment, review it online. The reason I mention these things is because anybody who mentions these things does better with their show. Because until I say those things, you might forget to do any of those things or didn't even think that they would be valuable or help build the show. So that's why the people that do that, which is a small percentage of all content creators, they grow quicker. Inside information. I hope you have liked this episode and I'll see you on a future one. And we are out.